Tiger along with Amy and Jamie while we meet the authors. Right here on Amazon Live. Ask questions to win a prize from your favorite author's life. So come yeah, on, just yeah. tag along with Amy and Jamie while we meet the authors. Right here on Amazon Live. Ask questions to win a prize from your favorite author's life. Hello, welcome, welcome. We are excited to have you today. We've got a lot of great books. We've got a lot of good deals. And we are going to bring on Joe Sevy Jackson. She is an incredible lady. She tours all over the world. She's an international speaker. She's an international author. I think she's even got a something coming up where she's speaking to 400,000 people in India. So we'll talk to her about that. But let's bring her on. She is the author of The Banner author of The Small Business Survival Guide. <laughs> welcome, 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 Josevi. We are so glad to see you here. Welcome, Sylvia. And you're going to get entered into the prize wheel to win Josevi Jackson's book today. Josevi, it's so good to see you. It's good to be seen <laughs> and to be a part of all of the fun that you guys are having all the time. I see you I on your it. other shows. I'm on there buying things all the time. So <laughs> I'm excited and honored that you would choose me to be on your first show. Thank you so much, guys. Awesome. I'm super excited that you're here. Why did you write this book? What made you end up writing this book? You know, that's a great question, Amy. I never even thought I would even write a book like this. I've been in business for if I tell you how many years, I'm going to give away my age. But I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was 20 years old. And um, it's been over 30 years that I've done business after business after business after business. I own several businesses now. And so I've experienced what it feels like to fail in business, as well as what it feels like to succeed in business. So I know the feelings I know that being an entrepreneur with a small business, it's like having your own baby. You watch that business grow. And then when something happens and your business starts to take a dive, you just get anxious. People get upset. They get nervous. You know, it's like if something happens to your kid, you just want the best outcome. And so this last year in 2020, during coronavirus, I was actually speaking with another colleague. She helps small businesses build their business credit. Uh And she's saying that her business was going super slow because a lot of her clients were actually going out of business because of COVID. And probably afraid to borrow money too. Well, a lot of them couldn't borrow money because that's why they were using her. They They hadn't built their business credit. They didn't know how to do it, all that. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'll give them a free coaching call. Have them come to me. And she said, it's too late for some of them because they've already gone out of business. And I was just like, wow, with all of the years of experience that I've had in doing so many different businesses and having so many failures and successes, you know, you learn from that. And so I literally lay awake at night that night and I thought I need to do something to help people. I need to do something to help entrepreneurs, small businesses. That is the lifeblood of the country that we live in. I mean, that's what makes it's part of the American dream. People come over from other countries and they open businesses. Because you can't do that everywhere. You know, I know what it feels like to have a business that fails. And so I thought, I need to help people. And that's where this business came from. It came from me staying up in the middle of the night and just thinking, I got to help people. That was where the book came from. That's why I wrote the book. So I heard, Josephie, that you've had a business 
and you've had businesses fail to enjoy the most? Obviously, the businesses that work. But I'm going to tell you, I think being an entrepreneur, it just gets in your blood. So, you know, I'm no longer afraid of failure because I know I'm still going to be okay. So for me, it doesn't matter at this point. No matter what I do, no matter what I try, I'm going to give it my all, give it my best and see what happens and, and make the plans for it. So I'm not really afraid of failure. You're going to fail at some point in some aspect, but you don't have to quit. And that's what the Small Business Survival Guide is all about. Stuff's going to happen. You're going to have challenges. Some you'll win and some you'll lose. You just got to enjoy what you're doing along the way. Absolutely. Based on that, your book is below us. So if you want Xavi's book, you can grab small business. We also have the Fearless Entrepreneur and it's, cents. Fearless it's normally $18. It's on sale for 99 So grab that deal. So I have a few that are zero. They are actually completely free. So grab those deals. And we've got entrepreneurial books. We've got four down on there for $0. So that's another really great one. My only obstacle is money. I've got the idea. I've got the skills. Here you've got two books, or at least one book that's zero, take action. And I'm sure the book talks about, you know, you're going to take some action. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what do you think for one problem for small businesses right now? Mindset, a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. That is the number one obstacle for a small business owner. I actually wrote an entire chapter. Chapter two is about mindset. And so On pages six and seven of my book, I talk about the steps that you need to take in order to overcome that negative mindset, because you can't sell if you're thinking negatively. And if you can't sell, then your business isn't making any money. And so I talk about that in this book, but I also talk about a mindset and how we can actually change our minds change the way we think. Some of us have been programmed for years and years and years to think a certain way. I actually expound about that even more in my upcoming book, Thrive and Be Somebody, 11 Steps to Maneuver Life's Obstacles with Confidence. So that will be coming out too. And hopefully it'll be on the carousel soon, as soon as it's out. Awesome. So awesome. Have- we'll definitely put it on our carousel. <laughs> so you haven't here. You've got coming book. And give us the title again so people can get excited. It's called Thrive and Be Somebody. 11 Steps to Maneuver Life's Obstacles with Confidence. Okay. Nice. okay, I was having this, and it's fascinating. And I get fast food restaurants. I did not know that on, and I don't think it's heard this either, but I was having a conversation with my daughter this morning, and she was telling me how she, seeing on Reddit, all of these people, like, they're just literally just putting a sign on the door and leaving, like, the entire group of people are just walking out. The other thing, when you fast food companies... You only get your schedule week. So she was explaining. So if somebody's like, hey, you know, Friday, she's like, I haven't got my schedule yet. Changes every week. Also oh. keep you under um, a 40 hour a week. So you're getting this wage. You're getting a horribly manager that doesn't manage. Potentially. Pot- Potentially this is happening to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> One good manager out there who loves the people and does. I'm sure there is. But she went to a fast food restaurant about a month ago here in Las Vegas. I won't name what it was, but she got there. Lady at the counter, she was exhausted. She just wanted a hamburger. So she said, the lady was, sorry, it's taking so long. And my daughter was like, hey, it's fine. I'm just listening to a podcast. And she goes, we only have two people that know what they're doing here. The rest, they're all being trained. They're all brand new and no one knows what they're doing. We're behind. And then she's losing it. And so my daughter's like, Sold this poor lady. My daughter felt horrible for. She's worked in fast. She knew, and she just tried to. And the lady's like, 
can I give you a shake? It was like, <laughs> I'm not going to name of it because it will tell you the company, but we only have vanilla because we're on it. <laughs> I mean, this is going patience. And the thing is, is like people have made millionaires for these people and even give them some benefits. Interesting that you talked about what some of these bigger companies are doing to their employees. It is the opposite. It will end up having the opposite effect on their business. I mean, imagine you've got customers coming in and employees are crying. You know, that's part of the reason why Delta Airlines, and I didn't write about this in the book, but I do know this. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I didn't put this example, but I did put, so chapter three is focus on your customers. Your number one customer has to be your employee because if your employees are happy, then they're going to make your customers happy because they're happy. And people aren't stupid today. You can look at somebody and you can tell if they're happy, if they love what they're doing. I mean, how many times have you walked into a business and you see employees smiling, maybe even whistling or singing a song? You know, that has an effect on the customer. So, you know, yeah, especially for small businesses, you have to put the employees first. And Sandra said, yes, being an entrepreneur is exciting, but I definitely agree with the mindset approach, especially with so many things you need to learn. It can be overwhelming when your own CEO, financial officer, tax accountant, social media coordinator, supply chain officer, yeah. we're trying to wear all these hats. That's a CEO stands for chief everything officer, right? Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Yeah. The one, the only... Josephi Jackson herself, the author of the Small Business Survival Guide, which you can get from the carousel down below. And we're getting some inside information. Who's a world-class entrepreneur? Have a question. Like, so what did you have for breakfast? Yeah, feel free to ask any questions that you like. I had French toast and coffee. Oh. Oh. I was wondering if I should say that because I was supposed to be doing the 21-day reset with you guys. I know. That was the question. You got caught out. Yeah. That's it. Burpees now. Are you I also exercising anything. on this diet or just changing no. your eating habits? So on the, the neutral, your body work in regards to the latest. Because it's always, oh, we just now discovered this, which kind of counters. We discovered this. Yeah. Ron joined us. Devon. We're being entered to win. I'm going to show you something. I wasn't planning on doing this. These are my books. And if you notice, this book right here, this is actually my very first book. I wrote this book when I was eight years old, and it was published by the state of Illinois. That was the catalyst for me thinking one day I was going to grow up and be an author. Yeah. There's an eight-year-old mindset. Folk. <laughs> As so, Josevi, like, I'm trying to figure out, guys, how I can get some of the free books while I'm doing this. <laughs> so if anybody's out there and they're not downloading the free books, guys, take advantage of it because every time they're giving away stuff, I'm always one of the first ones to get it. Yeah, if you are on one of the you got to go to in live the free books. So you just happyhoneys.com, click live, and you can find us there. Point. Yeah. Happy Honeys. Go there. Click live. Did he just say H? He said H. Because that's uh, what H. We have some great (laughs) books, but not only that, we've got a couple free ones. We've got The Fearless Entrepreneur for 99 cents, normally 15 bucks. We have Bordad completely for free. Oh, wow. That's a great book. 
three feet from gold. Which is one of the things that Rich Dad said, I can barely figure me out at 42 years old. (laughs) What steps do you offer in the book to help small businesses? Oh, that's a great question. Actually, I offer 10 steps. And before I offer those steps, I actually talk about the importance of taking action. But all the steps are really the table of contents. I talk about managing your mindset, focusing on customers, conducting a SWOT analysis. If you don't know what SWOT is, it's focusing on your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And I didn't make that up. And then I talk about creating objectives and making a plan. It's, you know, believe it or not, Amy, some people go into business and, you know, years ago, no one would dare go into business without a business plan, right? But people nowadays, they go start a business. They don't even think about a business plan. And if you're already in business, it's not too late. Start planning what you're going to do. You know, if this threat comes up, be prepared in advance. If you have a month that's a low month and, you know, you're barely making the money, you know, come up with something else. And then I also talk about reducing costs, managing your cash flow, using low cost marketing, being persistent, being creative, pivoting. This last year, 2020, businesses, because of COVID, were practically shut down and a lot of them had to pivot. And so I put some examples in the book of businesses like, I don't know, let's see. I put some examples like Exxon, Exxon Mobil. You know, they started producing hand sanitizer or Brooke Brothers. You know, it's a clothing store and they started making surgical gowns and masks. T3 Expo. Nobody was doing exhibitions or conventions. Exactly. So they took their trade show space and converted into hospital space. So see, you know, a business can be creative and can pivot like just because you're accustomed to doing things one way doesn't mean that you have to always do them that same way. It's those businesses who have the creativity and the gumption to be able to take action and put their creative ideas into action. Those are the ones who succeed. If you can pivot, you can weather any storm. Absolutely. I mean, that's just exactly it. Businesses that are able to pivot, they're able to innovate. That's the innovators. Those are the, that's where new ideas come out. That's how we create new products or things. That was one of the things Apple did that I thought was so well done was they asked what business you're in, but then the next question they have to ask is what business really in? Yeah. So for instance, that originally, and Steve Jobs did a whole entire day with his team where he did this after he came back. He'd gone and he came back. He did this entire day with team where he said, okay, what are we really in? He said, well, we're in computer. It said, nope, that's not the business we're in. And what they came up with at the end of the day was they came up with they're in the business connecting people with their passions. And then they get the iPod. And that's what they do. They connect people with the music. They connect people with the friends, with the iPhone. They connect people with their passions. That's their whole core of the underlying of what they do with their business. I love that. We've got Kira in here. Kira, long time ago. We were doing, a, we haven't done this while because we're on Amazon. If you want to join us over there, enter to win, just go to happyies.com, click on live shopping. And then we've got a carousel of amazing books, some of them for free. Freebies, come get the discounts, come on over. And, and then, I'll be having fun down there in Australia. Yes. And then Dada said, yes, uh, business plan is necessary. I think of it as reality check. What is it going to take to sustain your why? Yeah, what's it going to take to sustain your wife? And getting connected with that. 
that is super important too, because if we're not connected with that, we're not going to hold on to the things that we need to hold on to. Well, passion is a stronger energy. Your why is connected to a passion, something that you feel you're drawn. And we always say like the heart, the soul is here or the heart is here. (laughs) Last time I checked, still smaller than what it was, but I'm still there. That's important. But you're drawn (laughs) towards stuff, you know, and that is energy. It's a higher frequency energy, more of a drive. So if you're interested in what you're doing, your energy is low. And in higher degree of heart attacks on a Monday morning, people that have a nine-to-five job because they're dreading that going to work. So when you're an entrepreneur, you may work 80 hours a week so you don't have to work a 40-hour week, but those 80 hours a week are something that you care about, you're interested in, you're passionate about. And the concept of freedom, I was asked the other day, as a, like, well, what's your hourly wage? I'm like, I wouldn't even know what an hourly wage is anymore. And it was super funny because he was asking me, I go, what? He's like, what's my hourly wage? I go, a thousand an hour. And he's like, yeah, but like, and he's like, well, what, like, what is it even anymore? And I go, well, to give you an idea, they're fighting right now to get people $15 an hour minimum. Oh. I can't imagine living like that. So, Josevi, thank you so much for joining us. How do people yeah. read if you have any questions? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great question. So, I'm not sure if, this is appropriate, but I'm willing to give away free copies of my upcoming book on my Ooh. website. Yep. So you can reach out to me if you have questions. You can find me on my website at www.thriveandb.com. Thriveandb.com. You'll get a free copy of my upcoming book. I hope you all enjoy this book. If you're in business and you have even ever had a negative thought or a concern about whether or not you are going to succeed in business, get rid of those thoughts, get the book and put a plan into action because you definitely can succeed. It's the businesses who keep going. Those are the ones who stay in business. Awesome. Thank you so much, Josevi. You're awesome. We're going to have you again when your next book, Thrive and Be Somebody. I'm looking forward to it. And I'll see you guys while I'm shopping on your other (laughs) site. I'm going to go right now and buy some of these books that you're already offering. So Yeah, we've actually even got the high performance planner on there for 36% off. Wow, that's a good price. Yeah. They're all good prices. You can have great So just go to happyhoneys.com, live shop. I'm already there. I'm just waiting. <laughs> all right, I'll remove you. We'll see you but soon. Wait, don't tell Ben because he he thinks I'm crazy buying all these books. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell him. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon. Take care, me guys. Uh-huh. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. We'll see you soon. So, you guys, we have George Chanos coming on next, and uh, he's going to be joining us very, very soon. Uh, Dana just joined us, Mew, Cosmic Kaya. Welcome, Dana. Welcome. We're going to add you to the prize wheel twin, Joe Jackson's Thrive and Be Somebody. We're going to spin that wheel. So I'm so excited to talk to George. He is an incredible guy. He's a thought leader. I'm not good with politics, so I'm hoping I'm getting this correct, but he was the former attorney general of Nevada. He's an incredible guy. He's intelligent. He has written the book, The Millennial Samurai. And I love some of the advice that he gives in there. I totally agree with it. So let's get him on here. Let's chat with him and find out more. Hi, George. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Good to see you. Thank you. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you. So did I get that right? You were the former attorney general of Nevada? Yes, that's correct. What years? The important years. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. 2005, 2006, I was appointed by Governor Gwynn to fill a vacancy of the uh, then attorney general who became a federal judge and served those two years and decided that politics was way too dysfunctional and toxic to stay in. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And, uh, went on to have a wonderful life. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Good to hear. Because you're a blast. We've met you several times at our good friend Bill Jaws' house. Have you done improv with us? No, no. No, you haven't. Oh, my gosh. Not yet. Not yet you haven't. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. I talked to a lady yesterday, and she said, I suffered through improv. That's what she said. That's how you're just suffering through it. Are you getting all these names on the I am. Well, I'm getting okay. everyone's names on we've the prize roll. We've got G.I. Joe 07, Jovan, J.C. Mama 3, Rosemary. Um, they're all saying hello to you. So right now we're on a platform that shoots us out to a bunch of platforms, but the main platform we are on is actually Amazon Live. So we've got a bunch of viewers over there and they're all chatting and we're seeing it in a different place. So when I'm looking down and we've got a carousel, I'm going to pull up your book for the carousel. You guys, you can purchase his book right now. I believe he's shipping me a couple copies to give away for free, but I don't have them now. So we'll give them at a future and promote him again. And I love the way how this book has got short little moments for you to be able to grab and read, which and ironically, I open it up at the one that's love. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it too, because um, one of the things that I was reading this morning, you, you recommend learning languages and we are all learning a language right now. We're learning Spanish. Our whole household is learning Spanish because I have my eight year old grandson living here and we want him to start learning, you know, more languages. That's fantastic. One of the best things that you can do to exercise your brain and increase the plasticity of your brain. Do you speak several languages? No, I wish I did. I wish I did. I, I've uh, been doing a lot of uh, reading and studying my whole life to uh, exercise my brain, but languages, two things that I regret that I never did was never learned a second language and or a musical instrument. Two things that I highly recommend people do. Awesome. I actually did piano when I was younger. So I'll send you a link to this, an app after we're done. It's awesome. It's free. A bunch of us are on. It's fun. It's like five minutes a day. Like five minutes a day and it's super fun. Like it's like, it feels like you're playing a game. You can yeah, learn what you want. That's great. And I will yeah. send you the books. Just send me uh, an address and I'll send you some books to give away. And then the other thing that your listeners should know is that they can download a free copy of my book, the entire book at millennialsamurai.com. Okay. And over 13,000 people have downloaded it so far. I'm trying to give away a million copies. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So what was the catalyst for you to before you engaged in this project? Because it's a beautiful big book. There's a lot of fantastic information, wonderful tidbits. So what was the catalyst for you to go, I'm going to throw this all together for, for people to benefit? Yeah. So in 2012, I had a heart attack and my daughter at the time was 15 years old. And uh, after the heart attack, I was concerned that I might not be here for her. So I sat down, I put my affairs in order through my estate planning, and then I sat down and I began to write a letter to my daughter. And in that letter, I was trying to download what I had learned throughout my life and to anticipate questions that she might have uh, that she would have wanted to ask her father if he had been alive. And so as I was writing the letter, and because I like to write, Within a month or two, I had over 100 pages in this letter. And then I thought, you know what? This is not a letter. This is a book. This ought to be a book. And why don't I just make it into a book and then leave her a book? 
So that was my first book. That was a book called Seize Your Destiny, A Roadmap to Success. And that essentially was me downloading what I had learned in my 30 years of life on the planet and what I thought she needed to know. And then I realized that the 30-year lifespan that I had was very different than the 30 years in the future that she was going to live through or, you know, her life. So I wanted to know what was going to happen over the next 30 years so that I could advise her about that. So I started researching the future. I started researching what was going to happen over the next 30 years. And that became Millennial Samurai, a mindset for the 21st century. And what you'll find in there is absolutely extraordinary. I just gave a speech today to a group of about 110 people at a luncheon here in Las Vegas. And I was talking all about the future and what's going to happen. And if you haven't looked at something, then you really don't have any idea of you know what it's all about. But when you start digging into what's going to happen over the next 10, 15, 20, and 30 years, it is absolutely mind-blowing. It surprised the hell out of me. And I thought, you know, I was a pretty well-read guy and I didn't know any of this stuff. And so I thought I needed to share that with everyone and uh, make people more prepared for the future because we are living in the most extraordinary period in human history and there's a technological tsunami on the horizon and it is going to change life as we know it over the next 10, 20, 30 years in ways that none of us can even comprehend. And I talk about it in the book. And the book is broken down into 182 chapters that are only one to three pages each. And it covers everything that I think you need to know about life in the next 30 years. And it prepares you for that life, how to survive and thrive in a technological tsunami. And that's why I'm giving it away for free on online, because I want everyone to know about what's going to happen. And I want them to be prepared. And I want to try to empower other people. And if you don't like reading off of your computer on a digital copy, then you'll have to go to Amazon and order the book and you'll get a physical copy. I love it, George. I love your passion about this because, you know, the very first time I met you, like you didn't know me at all. And you were like, hi, nice to meet you. Here's my book. And you literally gave me your book. And it it is really good, you guys. This book is awesome. It is phenomenal. Your mindset is exactly in alignment with what my husband and I believe as far as what we kind of preach as well. And so I was just super impressed. And it's a lot of it's common sense stuff, (laughs) but we don't think about it. Like we just don't think about it. It's positive sense. Sometimes we don't see it too commonly. And that's why it's great to grab uh, George's book and have a read. You're kind of like Nostradamus, you know, telling us, go uh, to the future, come back to tell us what's going to help us by, uh, by flipping through this book. And that's a great offer that you've got there for people to just get access to this fantastic knowledge. And what I like to do is like flip and go, okay, what should I think about today, focus on? Genomics. The future is beyond our ability to comprehend. Okay, well, I'm going to get some quick read with these nuggets of information for me now understand what that is. It's like, oh, prioritize. And it makes it super easy to read because you can literally just pick up yep. and read a chapter at a time. A in, moment here, a moment, a moment there. Yeah, I love how you put this book together. I absolutely love it. And I love all the powerful little quotes with each chapter. And my favorite is action because I'm all about taking action. <laughs> That's Which my is page favorite. 90, I believe. My favorite chapter. 80, 80 is networking, <laughs> which I love. Awesome. Action. There we go. 
So I love your mission that you really, it sounds like you really want to help people to understand what's coming. Like, seriously, we are in such a different time. Like I could never have imagined I would have been locked down for two years in a pandemic. I just, that thought never crossed my mind. I had more stupid fears like spiders. <laughs> you know, like, Especially not, around Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> there are some modern day Nostradamuses out there. Ray Kurzweil, who's the head of artificial intelligence for Google, has been called an Nostradamus of sorts. And uh, wow. Kurzweil tells us that the singularity, the moment in time when machine intelligence will eclipse human intelligence is coming by 2029. That's eight years away. Theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking, uh, before he passed away in 2014, said that uh, that moment in time, that singularity that uh, Kurzweil is talking about will be the greatest event in human history, greater than fire, greater than the wheel, greater than anything man or woman has ever conceived of. And to have that, you know, beyond the immediate horizon and, and the potential for that happening in less than eight years is pretty remarkable. But then Kurzweil goes on beyond that and he says, once we hit the singularity, there will be exponential learning growth of artificial intelligence. And within another 10 to 20 years, artificial intelligence will not be our equal. It will be a billion times, a billion times more capable wow. than human intelligence. And the human mind doesn't even have the capacity to comprehend what that means. And so change is coming, folks, and it's coming like a freight train, and it's going to change the world that we live in. It has the potential to create a second enlightenment and uh, unprecedented abundance, and it has the potential to create dystopia and an end of life as we know it. So it's really all a matter of how we handle this technology. It's like putting a child in a race car and how is he going to perform? So that's sort of, uh, but the difference is, is that in this case, the child built the race car. So <laughs> hopefully he will uh, know how to drive it as well. And not be petulant. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. I love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, now, there's like over 180 different chapters in it. Is there a couple that are your favorite that you're like, oh, if you're going to just read three, you got to get these ones in there? Yeah. So I've actually, I've also created, so I've taken the 182 and I've uh, narrowed that down to 100 that I call the essentials. And I've created these uh, worksheets that people can work with with their children that oh, wow. are one page each. So there are all of the topics that you can talk to your kids about, and they're one page each, and uh, that's called The Essentials. But if I, I had to narrow it down to three or four, I would say The Ancient Core Values of Character, Courage, Commitment, and Compassion. Nice. Mm. Compassion. I've been missing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> the lack of compassion I've been seeing in the world in, in the last year, last few years, I'm just floored. Like, people are... I mean, we saw it, I saw it years ago because I was on the internet when there were bulletin board systems and nobody even knew what the internet was. I had this friends of mine that worked in the government and they were like, you got to get a computer. We can build you one because the thing is coming. It's called the internet. It's going to be amazing. But the troll and what's happening now is insane. Like daughters dealing with it. I don't know if you're familiar with the platform, which, but today Twitch, a bunch of members on there, they're all, a lot of them are gamers, but there's a of different genres on there. They all did a blackout on Thursday and didn't end the stream. They're getting these hate bots that are happening where a hate bot comes into your channel and it starts spewing all this hate and you end up having to shut your down. 
you have a stream going and you have to shut your stream down. There's streams. And so the wanting Twitch to do something more about it. And so my daughter recognize it and she'll get somebody else that message her and say, hey, that's a hate bot. You need to block that. So she's like, well, if I can clearly, they should have some technology to be able to do that. So that's happening now today. Yeah, I think that the platforms need to accept more responsibility for controlling that type of activity. When you read the book, you're going to learn a lot of the things that you need to know about these types of issues. One of the things that you need to know is that your brain is simultaneously your greatest asset and your greatest vulnerability, your greatest weakness. Our brains receive 11 million bits of information per second And that's been happening our whole lives. And yet we can only consciously process 15 to 50 bits of information per second. So the vast majority of information that enters our minds enters our minds outside of our conscious awareness. We're not even aware of it, but it's there. It's coming in every second of the day and it's influencing the way we think and the way we make decisions. And so there's immense vulnerability in the human brain. And when you have bots that, you know, whether they're hate bots or mischief bots or foreign government bots or whatever they are, the ability to potentially influence people is enormous and it creates a very significant liability. So people don't really kind of understand this, but this little phone here has 100,000 times the computing power that NASA had in 1969. This is technology, (laughs) right? Twitter is technology. TikTok is technology. And what you're experiencing with these devices, with these technologies, is essentially the water on the floor of a pending tsunami. So you've got a massive amount, a technological tsunami that's on the horizon, and you're just getting a taste of it. Right now, what you're describing is a little taste of the technology and the disruption that's on its way. And unless you're aware, you know, Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook, the only female on their board of directors, uh, former chief of staff of Larry Summers, the U.S. Secretary of Treasury, Sandberg says, you cannot change that which you are unaware of. But once you are aware, you cannot help but change. So we need to increase awareness in this country. Mm -hmm and around the world. We need to increase awareness about what's going on. You can't be prepared for something that you're unaware of. So if people are oblivious to these issues, you know, it can't work out well. So I really believe that we need to increase awareness. I believe more people need to be talking about these issues. More people need to be talking about social media more and its influence. Suicide rates among people, adolescent uh, girls have tripled. And it's having a profound effect on society. So we need to pay attention to these things. On the one hand, this technology can create a second enlightenment. If used properly, this technology can educate the world. You know, we don't need 250,000 teachers teaching algebra. We could have one teacher who's a brilliant mathematician teaching everyone algebra over the Internet or over Zoom. And, you know, why aren't we making these adjustments? Why aren't we having the greatest minds at Harvard and Stanford teaching all of us? Why are they only teaching a select few? You know, why aren't we broadcasting every one of their classes to the planet for free? Right? Good point. I mean, seriously. Hadn't even thought about that. But George, here's the thing. Like, okay, so I was a dance teacher when I was really young. I started teaching dance at age 13. 
At 16 years old, I was in a bit of an emotionally abusive environment and I left home and I had to quit dancing. So during the pandemic, I found this website and I picked up dancing again. I'm doing ballet, I'm doing jazz, I'm doing hip hop, I'm doing everything. But what's so cool about it is I've got the technology. We have this big screen up here. So in front of you, right in front of me, here's my dance studio. So it's literally a screen projector. It's on a big screen. I feel like I'm in the class. And I'm taking classes from people that I would only have ever dreamed of being able to take a class from. And I love it because like I can slow the teacher down. I can put her on a loop. I can watch her from the front to the back. I mean, like I am learning dance in such a way that I never even thought possible or thought I could teach that way. It's the technology is incredible. So you're right. Why aren't we teaching our kids like that? I mean, exactly. Why aren't the greatest scientists and the greatest mathematicians and the greatest philosophers, the greatest teachers, why aren't these people teaching everyone? Why aren't we harnessing technology? Instead, we've got people doing uh, tweaking and uh, pranks and the Kardashians and I mean, all the crap that we have on social media. Why aren't we harnessing this amazing force for change? I mean, we literally have the opportunity to create a second enlightenment. We have the ability, we have the technology, we have the people. It can absolutely be done today. There are so many things that we could do. You know, let me give you another example. What can we do? What can we do? Like, what can we do? Well, just, you know, create awareness. Create awareness about this opportunity. And the more people start realizing that there's an opportunity. You know, Milton Friedman was a Nobel Prize winning economist out of the University of Chicago. And he won his Nobel Prize for a simple observation, which is that people operate out of self-interest. People do what it is in their self-interest to do. Okay. Absolutely. So if we explain to people that it is in their self-interest to open their minds, that it is in their self-interest to collaborate with others that opposing viewpoints are assets rather than liabilities that can inform us and enlighten us. If people understand that there's this technological tsunami on the horizon and the collaboration is essential, cooperation, collaboration, compassion, these are essential elements for our survival as a species. And if people begin to understand this, then Milton Friedman tells us once they understand it's in their self-interest, maybe they'll stop fighting and maybe they'll start cooperating. So I think it goes back to awareness. And that's why I'm giving away the books online. And that's why I am speaking. And that's why I'm doing this interview today is because I want to get the word out that change is coming. The answer is for us to collaborate together. We will survive and thrive and could have a glorious future for ourselves and our children and future generations. Or We can continue to fight. We can continue to not collaborate. We can continue to ignore the plight of our fellow man. And then we will end up in a very bad place. So once everybody realizes that, then maybe they'll wake up and maybe they'll start taking action and maybe they'll start cooperating and collaborating. But that's really what we need. And it's not just me saying this. Look at nature. Look at colonies of bees. Look at ant farms. Look at schools of fish. Look at flocks of sterling. They all collaborate. They work together. It's the path forward. It's the way that things work out the best. We are profoundly interdependent with one another. We need each other. You know, the fire ant can't swim, 
they drown in torrential rains. In order to avoid drowning, they lock their legs and self-assemble into floating rafts. Together, they survive. Alone, they would perish. Humans are no different. Working together, we survive and we thrive. Alone, arguing, not cooperating, not collaborating, not being compassionate to one another, thinking I'm not my brother's keeper, that type of mentality is going to harm us all, including those who practice that type of mentality. So, you know, people need to understand that it is very much in their self-interest to help the other guy, to help their neighbor and to work together. That's absolutely true. Uh, mentioned that I was, uh, or a right from, uh, and survival of the fittest, Charles Darwin himself says, if these elements come into play, and there's other plays now, and it's collaboration is how nature is more so unique elements where it wins, but the group or the herd or the, and even different interspecies working together, the positive outcome for all. So, has said, oh, I've got to be better than everyone. But actually, while working together, the collaboration businesses link and work together, that is people link and work together, huge changes can happen. I backpacked through Africa, and they had a lot less, and yet I saw things take place. So many more smiles and laughter by people going, oh, it doesn't matter whether we're different. It doesn't matter if you have more money. This is what we're doing. You want to be a part of it. Yeah, sure, I want to be. A- How can I contribute? And about opposing teams and fighting, what Amy and I teach in a lot of our seminars is that concept, okay, it doesn't matter what happened, said those millions of bits of information, if we're like, well, went wrong, oh, all that evidence from those million bits of evidence of what's wrong, what's wrong. Yet if we go, how this be better, then from those millions of information, we get this saying, how can this be better? I what happened now. How can it be better? How can we be better? How can we be supportive? How can we create a fire ant for happy human technological tsunami? Yeah. Darwin said it's not the strongest or the most intelligent that survive. It's those most capable of adaptation. Number one. Number two, any CEO at any major company today will tell you that teams beat individuals every time. Put together a good team, and that team will beat an individual every time. But there's even more simple kind of proof, right? Look at the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? So how many contestants did they have on? In all of their shows, you had three lifelines. One was to take a 50-50 split of the answers, and you would increase your odds by 50%. The other one was you could call an expert. And you would increase your odds by 66% on average over all of the shows. But the third one was you could ask the audience. And if you ask the audience, the audience was right more than 90% of the time. So there's a great book called The Wisdom of Crowds. And basically it proves that crowds come up with the best answers, not individuals. You know, if you had a NASA scientist You put a bunch of beans in a jar and you ask the NASA scientist how many beans are in the jar. You ask Albert Einstein how many beans are in the jar. They'd come up with a pretty good guess. But if you took a thousand people or normal people, you took a thousand normal people and you asked them how many beans are in the jar, the average of those people's guesses would be the winner. It would beat out the Einstein or the NASA scientist. That's what the wisdom of crowds tells us. 
So the power of us working collaboratively is undeniable. It's documented time and time again through major studies and through tremendous volume of experience over time. We are profoundly interdependent as human beings. We need each other. We are at our best when we work together in teams. In his book, Sapiens, uh, Yuval Noah Harari talks about this and says that this ability of humans to collaborate at a large scale is what allowed them to move to the top of the food chain. It's what allowed us to be the supreme beings on this planet, is our ability to collaborate with one another, our ability to think ahead and plan. These are the two strengths that humans have over all other animals. All animals collaborate, but human beings were able to develop these social fictions that allowed them to collaborate in larger groups. So in the beginning, as cavemen, we could collaborate to about 100 or 150 people in a tribe, and that was pretty much the max. Then we started developing these social fictions like religions, churches, towns, villages, city-states, nation-states, and those social fictions caused us to be able to trust one another and to understand, oh, you're an American, I'm an American. Oh, you're from Chicago, I'm from Chicago. That type of social arrangement allowed humans to collaborate in the millions. Animals don't collaborate in the millions, but humans do. And they do when they're tied together by a social fiction. So when we all say we're all Americans, we're in this together, we rise to the occasion like we did in World War II. Or 9-11. Yeah, or 9-11. And that's another interesting thing is that it's in our nature. It's in our nature. You have a natural disaster like 9-11, or you have a natural disaster like Katrina, and people come together. They don't ask if the guy that they're pulling out of the lake is black or white or Christian or Jewish or, you know, whatever he is. They just help him pull him out of the lake, right? Exactly. Because that's our inherent nature, right? So in crisis, this shows itself, right? But when we're not in crisis then, you know, somehow we lose sight of this and we start to worry about ourselves. And what people really need to understand is it's not about you. It's not about your guns. It's not about your feelings on race. It's not about your feelings on abortion. It's it's about us. It's about all of us, right? So take your feelings and put them on the back burner and start thinking about humanity. Start thinking about all of us. Start thinking about all 335 million Americans. Start thinking about all seven and a half billion people on the planet. That's the mindset that we need to cultivate. And the way we cultivate that is we create awareness that the tsunami is coming, right? If you think it's bad now, wait until automation eliminates 50% of the jobs, right? Then you're going to have a situation, right? So get out ahead of it and start working with each other, start talking about the issues, start thinking about how we can harness technology to move the entire planet forward, to move the entire country forward, to lift all boats, you know, start thinking in those terms. Start thinking about your place in society and how you can be a contributing part of a bigger and better future. I love that so much, George, and I could talk to you forever. So we would love to have you back again at some point. That would be possible. I think this is a brilliant conversation and I absolutely love where you're taking this and how you're thinking about it. 
But we are going to spin this wheel for Josevi Jackson's book. We're going to keep pushing your book, George. Thank you so much. Is there a way that they can contact you if they have any questions? Yeah, you can reach me at George G.J. Chanos. G is in George, J is in James, Chanos. You have my email, gjchanos.com. Feel free to put it up and let people know they can reach out to me. They can also find me on social media under George J. Chanos. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. So they can connect with me there. And I am constantly putting out information in an attempt to try to empower people. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you're a source of some wonderful and well thought out information, eloquently and clearly presented in such a novice can also be made aware of information that probably weren't aware of before. So that's yeah. very good. AC okay. Mom of Three said, thank you so much for sharing tonight. We've got a bunch of other comments um, that I kind of missed because I was just so involved in, <laughs> in the conversation. Uh, no questions. So that's okay. If there was a question, I would have popped it out. But thank you so much, George. And I'll reach out to you. I'm going to send you that link to that app because I'd love to have you learn some languages with me. Absolutely. I'd love it. Thank okay. you. All right. Cool. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys. Next week, I think we have Angel Tookie. She's going to teach us how to get discovered. And we also have a Dana says love free books. Thank you, Dana, for joining us. Make sure you scroll over at the top and follow us if you're not following us. That way you will get notified when we go live. Dana, the Cosmic Kia. I thought, that, I thought Cosmic Kitty Cat. Exactly. So Because I wasn't very well with my phones or my glasses. Glad you're here. Come over, follow us. This will be happening every week at 30 p.m. We also have the uh, Unboxing the Unknown lives starting next week. From Inner Middle World. <laughs> middle World Herbs. It's a H in it. Yeah. Middle World Herbs. That's going to be on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. and Thursdays at 11 a.m. See you on her channel live five times if you want us. Tag along with Amy and Jamie while we meet the authors. Right here on Amazon Live Ask questions to win a prize From your favorite author's life So come yeah, on just Tag along with Amy and Jamie While we meet the authors Right here on Amazon Live Ask questions to win a prize From your favorite author's life